All right, full transparency on this episode. First of all, we recorded about 40 minutes in, and then we realized we didn't record a single piece of audio. <laughs> so we're starting again, and we hope it will be even more beneficial to but, you. But alhamdulillah. alhamdulillah. And we'll explain. I mean, you should always say alhamdulillah when you're grateful, but that's going to come in very key. So pay attention to that later on. Um, but with that, we'll begin. So bismillah, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salam, ala rasulullah. Um, my name is Talha Rafiq, and I have my guest here today, which I will let him introduce himself for the second time in a second. But um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about a topic that is really, um, I think, important for college students to understand. And as usual, we're not sheikhs, we're not Islamic scholars who are trained at school. Um, so everything you take away from this, try to implement it in your own perspective and your own experience. And our goal is just to show you that you're not exactly alone in what you're going through. And rather than just stop and give up, just keep going, keep trying your best, and inshallah, everything will click one day. So um, along the lines, I'll let my guest introduce himself, and then we'll go from there. Bismillah, wassalatu wassalamu ala rasulullah. Assalamualaikum, everyone. My name is uh, Sayyid Husseini. Um, just a local guy, um, born and raised out here in LA. Uh, went to college at UC Riverside. Um, I currently um, am studying uh, public health, I'm getting a master's in public health, and I work in disaster management. Um, and like we said, I'm not a scholar, just I was very blessed to sit with a lot of our, our local scholars and local teachers. Uh, and alhamdulillah, just working to give back to the community now. Yeah, so I actually saw Sayyid um, giving a khutbah at uh, our local mosque about two jummas ago, two Fridays ago, or two Fridays ago. And um, yeah, I was really intrigued, which is why I walked up to him after. And I'm super grateful that he was um, willing to come on the show today. I'm even more grateful that he's willing to stick around after our first uh, <laughs> first missed audio. But um, with that, we'll dive into today's topic. Um, so today's topic is all about gratefulness and um, becoming a more grateful person, um, especially in college and in general, just in an ugly world. Mm -hmm. And so by ugly world, not everything's ugly about it, obviously, but we are faced with a lot of things that are difficult and that have a toll on us. And as college and high school students, there's a lot of particular things, whether it be school or expectations. Expectations are really big and they often lead us to not be grateful for the things that we already do have or the things we're allowed to compete for or even be in the process for. Mm -hmm. So um, we talked about this earlier, but um, in order to kind of define gratefulness, you talked there were different aspects of being grateful. So um, I think we should go into that first. And how about um, you just share like what are those different aspects? And then we can dive into each one and consider how we can implement that as a college or high school students in our own life. Definitely. Um, the scholars kind of commented on this and they kind of broke down thankfulness into three parts that there's thankfulness of the heart thankfulness of the tongue and then thankfulness of, um, of the limbs or thankfulness of the body. Um, and we've kind of talked about, um, the different ways that what, or, or, or what we think is a, the most difficult form of thankfulness that we see. Um, and I feel that a lot of people have difficulty with thankfulness of the limbs of kind of implementing thankfulness, having that thankfulness being manifested. Um, but I think we take a step back and we look at thankfulness of the heart because a lot of people are dealing with not feeling thankful for things. A lot of people, um, even people struggling with mental health issues, right? People that have um, a lot of anxiety, people that have a lot of depression, that they're looking at these issues and they're not thankful for what they're going on with their life because of, um, you know, they're not thankful in the mind because of other issues they have going on in their mind. Mm -hmm. So I think everyone struggles a little bit different, but if we can get into that step of being thankful in the mind, then we can work on each um, step after that. Right. Okay. So the first step was thankfulness of, um, thankfulness of the, the mind, the mind, right. Mind, heart, heart yeah. uh, everything that has to do with an individual on their inside perspective. And so when it comes to becoming, so implementing that 
is one thing. But when it comes to like understanding what okay, so what are the like what what are the ways we can kind of like start to implement that in college, especially because one of the things is like you go about your day, you're 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 faced with a million different distractions. Right. Like I wake up and not only do I have class, but I have friends, I have social events, I have clubs. Like there's a million different things to do, right? How how do you go about implementing mindfulness of the mind and the heart and you know actually being intentional about that kind of stuff right i think first you have to realize that students today um are under so much pressure right that there's so many demands being put on them in especially in like large institutions like this where i am if you're in a very large college, you probably a number, you know, there's not a lot of people. I think there's some small, small colleges where people like the admin will know people's names, but uh, you know, it's kind of faceless beast this one. Right. And you're under, there's so much work to get done and you want to, you know, you want to be competitive. So I need to get an internship. I need to have, I need to have uh, extracurriculars on here. And then I have to go to this club social, even though I don't like anyone at the club, but I have to be there. Or I'm mm-hmm. not going to do well in the club. And then I may, you may have work and then there's, there's family and then you want to have a social life and there's all this stuff going on. Um, and you're dealing with all this pressure, right? And now, now the question is like, how do we take something from that? How do we kind of find the gratitude for that? So we talk about um, thankfulness of the heart. Um, it, it's it's being able to kind of stop and and appreciate the things going on, right? And and um, the, kind of the advice I got from this this was found uh, not really in Islamic sources. It was in a, in a in a TED talk I was listening to. Um, it was about thankfulness. This Scottish, it was in Scotland. Um, and the guy was mentioning that it's a, it's a, the rule for this uh, being more thankful is something that we're taught very often growing up about crossing the road, that it's stop, look, and go, that we have to be able to stop, right? Look, right? Do some, do some evaluation of ourselves, do some evaluation of our situation, what's going on. Then we move forward. Right. Mm. And the issue is a lot of us don't do that. Right. I know myself, I I don't do that. I'm working on doing more of that in my own life. So it's like, how do we, how do we do this? And I think that if we're not at the place in our lives where we can like actively like, oh, you know, every day I just end up you know, contemplating what's going on in my life and being thankful, let's schedule it and fit it in. Right. So setting a, setting an alarm in my phone that, you know, every, you know, maybe every time after I wake up, um, if I'm not running late, right. Like I wasn't very late today coming, coming yeah, here. Yeah. So I'm not running late, like maybe lay in bed and spend like two, three minutes and just be like, Oh, I need to. Um, I need to figure out what I'm doing. Um, I, I need. I need to figure out what I'm thankful for. Right? Maybe it's before we go to bed. Maybe it's like, you know, I know that I'm walking between class and like, you know, on lectures on Wednesday. Like it's maybe like a five minute walk between lecture halls. I can schedule it right then. I have an alarm set every Wednesday at this time. It'll go off, and I'm walking by myself. I can contemplate that in my life. Right? A lot of us, um, we go to school and we go home on the weekends. Right? For driving home Friday night, we turn the radio off for five minutes on the on the drive, and we kind of contemplate and we think about the things that we'd be thankful for yeah yeah and also practicing that through like an islamic lens like um when we have five prayers a day you know i think like we've talked about it before but like having like um a minute or two before or after um praying a lot like to like if you have time obviously like if you have to run somewhere yeah i mean first of all amazing that you actually took out the time to go and pray or like fix your schedule so you have time to pray right. but like if you do have the time sitting a minute before a couple minutes after and just kind of like allowing yourself to think about like like what where you're at what you're doing what you've done and being more like intentional and contemplative of like what's going on um and i think that's why like islam is such a good framework in general is because it lays down a lot of things for you that are mandatory mm-hmm. like for example um prayer um and even a lot of things that aren't mandatory 
that allow you to have those moments. Like even like praying Tarawih during Ramadan, right? right? Like one of the things I've noticed about myself is like after I pray Tarawih, like I'm more inclined to sit there because I don't have anything to do after. Right. Like I can go, I can go and sleep, but like for some reason, I when my option is between praying, like having finished um, the mosque and just going directly to bed. There's some I have like an incentive to actually sit down and actually think about something, right? So there's a lot of like things that are set up and like that, but um, I think using Islam as a conduit to become more grateful when it comes to gratefulness of the heart and mind, it, it's like a it's a thing you can intertwine. It doesn't mean like you're just like I'm more Muslim now and all of a sudden I'm more grateful. Like I think right. that's a big misconception. Very much so. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like. Yeah, the solution to all your problems is become a Muslim. And yeah. you, you guys still have problems, you're not good enough Muslim. Yeah. Like that's like that's the issue people see. But it's 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 using Islam. Like the rules are there, the guidelines are there, but they're not supposed to be, oh, accepted and now you have to be perfect. They're supposed to be, hey, these are rules, they're guidelines, right? They're right. like they were in place for us to like actually like pick up on and learn from, not just naturally have an intuition for like, oh, 100%, this is the way it's good done. Right. I pick it up, I accept it, everything's going to be perfect now. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, anyways, using Islam as a guideline, using I, prayer. I think you make a, a really beautiful point. We talk about about prayer, right? So even if we can figure times out, like, for, and I get it, like people get busy and, mm -hmm. then, and then we're struggling with doing our prayers on time. So focus on your five prayers and like just make that your main focus. But if you can, if you kind of got that down, you kind of move forward a little bit, um, taking some time after your prayer just to just to kind of sit there you know and if, if, you, if you want to do some dua that's a good time to do to uh, to do some dua maybe if you don't want to do dua if you don't know any dua you just want to just want to sit there and kind of contemplate this is a great time to 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 be thankful a great time to contemplate and be thankful and it reminds me of a hadith with the prophet um, he taught us that if some uh, after the prayer if someone sits in their place of prayer and they haven't broken their wudu and as they're sitting there angels will ask allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for their for that person's forgiveness right mm -hmm. so as you're sitting there and you know just you know contemplating life or maybe you're asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for things or you're just uh going through your list of things you're thankful for or maybe you're just sitting there right maybe you're just sitting there and your mind's blank and you need a minute to just turn everything off angels which are sinless beings are asking allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive you so mm -hmm. a great a great you know a good strategy to use yeah, and another hadith that we talked about was um, the one around food, right? Yeah, so um, we look at a, a verse in the Quran that we find in Surah Abasa where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us, um, right, um, about to contemplate our food, right? Mm -hmm. So we talk about uh, this type of contemplation, like tafakkur is the term we use to contemplate things. And it's interesting that... Uh, we think that, you know, you know, my life's not that special. You know, I'm just going to class. I don't even have a job. I'm just like, I'm like, I'm a scholarship kid. You know, you know, what's so important about my life to contemplate? But in this verse, Allah is, Allah is saying, contemplate your food, right? Something that is probably the most mundane thing, right? It's like, it's like you know, what'd you eat for breakfast yesterday? I don't know, maybe cereal. What'd you eat three weeks ago? I have no idea, mm. right? I have no idea what I ate three weeks ago, right? But it's just something that hap literally happens every day or your life's not going to be very long, right? Yeah. So even even in Ramadan, like, alhamdulillah, like it's a time that that it it sadly becomes very food-focused when mm -hmm. it shouldn't be. It should be more about the worship but we're like, oh, what are we eating for iftar? But even even at that point, it's like, contemplate this this gift that Allah gave you, right? Contemplate what you're eating, what you're putting in your body. Um, at that point, if we contemplate something like food, why not sit there and contemplate like the higher parts of our life? What are we doing? You know, what's going on with our life where we're at? Yeah. And that's the purpose of like, even like du'as before and after things. Like they're meant to make us pause and be grateful for things, right? So when whenever, whenever people don't usually like when we're taught as young kids, like about du'as and like make this du'a before this or make this du'a at the end of your prayer, right? Um, 
usually when they're first taught that we're just taught the arabic words so we don't even know what they're meaning right. but a lot of them translate to gratefulness towards allah subhanahu wa ta'ala right like right. i'm grateful for this food in front of me i'm grateful for i'm what I'm about to eat so those kind of moments um are also coming back to the framework right yeah. of um, islam setting up the framework for you to become more of a grateful person right. and um so that eventually as you start to become more of a grateful person internally translates into the second stage which you were talking about which was gratefulness of um the tongue gratefulness of the tongue yeah right so the next stage after that is is once we've gotten to a point where we can kind of be okay with thankfulness, right? We, and we talk about this, that, um, and this is this is a concept we take from our discussions about forgiveness, right? Mm-hmm. That we sit there and we ask Allah to forgive us for our sins. And maybe Allah forgave us, but maybe we didn't forgive ourselves, right? Mm-hmm. Now you reach this point where like, you're carrying all this sin with you, that all these problems that you did. It's like, yeah, yeah, you've, you've messed up, right? And and, and we get that. And, and, and whatever you did was probably bad. And you've asked Allah to forgive you, but now it's like, well, what do you do? You know, you can't be hung up on the sins you did yesterday. You ask for forgiveness and work to be a better person, right? So like Allah, like Allah's gonna forgive you, but maybe you're not forgiving yourself, right? So the similarly at this point, it's like we're thankful to Allah, but we're not like accepting that thankfulness, if that makes sense. We're like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just so bad. I just did all this, uh, you know. Um you know, oh, it could have been, uh, it could have been so much better. It's like, yeah, it could have been better, but also could have been worse, right? That's that literally the same thing, right? Back yeah. and forth. It could have been better. It could have been worse. So at that point, once we've kind of accepted being a more, being more thankful, having that a thankfulness, having a growth mindset, right? That we're gonna, that that we're not, that we're gonna be more thankful with things. Then let's have that thankfulness of the tongue, where we actually start saying. Um, um, saying thanks for things, right? Mm-hmm. We, we verbally, we're saying things. Um, and self-help people, they have like these lists of things. I still forgot the name of it, but basically they have like a list of things that you read every morning, right? That like, I'm a strong person. I'm good. Daily affirmations. The affirmations, yes. Daily yes. affirmations. We tried so hard to remember this. Yeah, daily yeah. affirmations, yeah. But like, we have like affirmations, right? And like, you know, and usually people do them privately because it's a, uh, it's kind of private, but also it's a little awkward. Like just mm. kind of be there, like I'm, I'm, I'm strong. I'm, I'm a good person. Like it's to say yeah. that, right? But the point is, you want to say it so it, it like, it, it'll, it'll affect you internally, mm. right? So similarly, we need to actively start, you know, having those affirmations in our life and actively saying thanks for things, right? So mm. maybe like, like we said, we schedule time as we're going. We're going to be saying, you know, I'm, I'm thankful as we're driving home or walking between classes. You know, I'm thankful for this. I'm thankful for X, Y, and Z. I'm thankful that that this happened. And being able to have that thankfulness in our life, being able to actually say it, I think will affect um, will affect the different states, right? Because we talk about this, uh, we talk about the youth group often, right? That the external affects the internal, the internal affects the external, right? We talk a lot about the external affecting the internal, that if you keep a bad environment, if you keep a bad uh, group of friends, that maybe they're doing bad things, maybe they're doing haram things, you're in the wrong kind of group, and you have this idea that, oh, I have good self-control, but eventually it'll affect you. Eventually it'll wear down. And eventually something that you wouldn't be doing before you start doing because you um, take influence from these people, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and there's a hadith we quote often that that uh, that a person's on the deen of their khalil, the person of their that you're on the deen of your very close, like your best friend, your close friend. You're on the same deen as them, right? So if if you know they have some, they're not doing the best things. Maybe we can work to change them. If we can't, then maybe we have to remove ourselves from a certain environment. Mm-hmm. So. Um, and 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 we talk about that, but the, the other concept, something we don't always talk about, is the internal uh, affecting the uh, the external, right? So so 
like like we talked about this that that we that, that there's a hadith where Umar radiallahu anhu he came upon the Prophet sallam and Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu and um, they were crying about a certain issue and he told he told him he goes tell me what you're crying about you know if it makes me cry I'll cry mm -hmm. if it doesn't I'll force myself to cry right and that forcing yourself to cry is something that we see like in tarawih right so like um, those of us that didn't grow up speaking Arabic, right, we'll just be like, we'll just be like tw sitting there like in Tarawih and just like kind of going along. And then all of a sudden a bunch of people, like the imam and a few people start crying. And we're like, oh man, what's going on? Like, yeah. why, is, why is everyone tearing up, right? So, you know, probably they're moved by something in the verse, but, you know, maybe we didn't understand what was going on. Mm -hmm. But then some of the scholars, they comment, they're like, they're like, make yourself cry, right? Because that, that the emotion, the catharsis you're feeling there internally will affect your external state right mm -hmm. so and that's something and that's something we're working on right so if we can internally be more thankful that will kind of put off more good vibes right mm -hmm. it'll, it'll help us with the interaction with other people that we're seeing yeah it'll become more part of a routine it'll become less work so like when it comes to becoming more thankful like implementation wise we talked about how like um you can become you actually have to make time for it. Like you have to be very intentional behind, oh, I'm going to take this five minute, like we were talking about earlier, like right now, was just um, on your five minute way to class, you can like be thinking about what you're grateful for, right? So set those talks, set those reminders, but actually being intentional being like, okay, today I'm going to go out and even like maybe be grateful or thankful to another person. You're like, I'm going to go out and be thankful to another person mm -hmm. intentionally. And I'm going to make an actual conscious effort of it. Right. And so like that whole concept comes back to how like um, in Islam and like I heard this either in a khutbah by you or like someone else um, in a couple of like weeks ago. Uh, it was said that uh, Muslims and people who follow Islam are not go with the flow kind of people. Mm -hmm. Like. We don't just like sit in a river and let the river drag us wherever we want. We're the kind of people who are intentional about where the river is going. So we carve the path to the place we want to be. So since I'm on analogy 101 right now, <laughs> I'm going to say we're carving a path to the ocean, right. right? And we purposely dig the path that we want to go down. So even though if we're not there yet, if we're not at the ocean, we know which path we're going down. So we put up these guardrails and as long as we're bouncing in between those guardrails, we're on the right track. And so it's the same for being grateful. It's like you put up those guardrails, you say, I'm going to be intentional with this one action. I'm going to go make an actual intentional effort to voice something. But um, even if you don't hit that and you don't like become like, that's not part of your routine immediately, you make that intentional effort to do it once a week, twice a week, and then eventually it picks up. But one thing on that I'd like to ask you is how do you do that in college? Because in my opinion, even thinking about being grateful, I've seen college students be able to do that, right? So I've seen, I mean, it's difficult. And so like, again, you can always like, you always have to train that side of yourself too. But what I've seen even be more difficult is college students actually voicing their gratefulness. Mm -hmm. And also we're coming back to this ugly world kind of um, analogy of like how, whether it's school or like expectations or et cetera, et cetera. People are afraid to voice their gratefulness and thankfulness because they feel as if the world is going to manipulate that or if it's right. going to like destroy that aspect of what their words are saying. So at least when they're grateful to themselves internally, no one's got eyes on that except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and they become a more grateful person internally. But how do you go about using your tongue? So gratefulness of the tongue when every day is pretty much a war zone. Like you go outside and you're like, how should I talk to my friends? Because like you're worried about your social status, right? right. You're too grateful to one person. People think you're sucking up to them, right? right? So how do you go about implementing gratefulness of the tongue in high school and college, which is a time when I think it's very important to do that. Otherwise you turn into that stereotypical Desi auntie and uncle, right? Right. Like the most fabulous people we see, whether it be like, um, sheikhs like, um, 
or Islamic scholars like um, Umar Suleiman, all this. What is the online presence they have? It's like this era of like smiling. Right. It's connection. It's showing gratefulness for their family. They play football with their kids, etc. How many aunties and uncles do you see being grateful at those like little picnics in the park? Right, right. right. So I think it's very important. So how do we go about implementing gratefulness now in high school and college so that we can train ourselves for later on so that the future generations can see an image of gratefulness, not an image of like perfection or judgment? Right. Yeah. I think I think you made a, a really good point that that we have this like stereotypical idea that people that that you know certain people aren't thankful, but we see other people that we like, and then and then they are thankful, they're happy, they're they're giving off those good vibes that we see. So kind of how we like working towards those um working towards being more thankful right and i think like it takes it takes uh, like intentionality right it takes that um we have to you know be real with ourselves and be like you know maybe i'm not super thankful right now right and then we want to see where we're going right like you said i want to get to the ocean i want to carve my own path right and then a common thing in islam is that you know we set like high himma that we set like a high level of like of aspirations right so have lofty goals that's totally okay right have goals that you don't think are realistic but the thing is you don't need the goal to be realistic, right? You have the goal and Allah will make it happen, right? That, but regardless of, of, of what it's going to be, right? We were, uh, I remember this, like when I was in school all the time, they say, um, forget your GPA, forget what your standing is in the class. If you have an exam coming up, you, you know, make, make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you're going to get a 4.0, right? Yeah. Make, make make dua that you're going to get a 4.0. Because the thing is, you're like, there's no way I can get a 4.0. Do you know how much, like, I missed, do you know how many assignments I missed? It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, I know that and you know that, but at, a four point is easy for Allah, right? And that's yeah. easy, right? So set set high goals, and we and we talk about um, we talk about high goals that um, um, we went over this yesterday, and like we we're going over the sirah. Uh, this is when Umar radiAllahu when when he was uh, when he was the caliph, when he was the ruler of the Islamic uh, polity, um, and at that point. Um, a dua he would make often is 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 Allah give me uh give me martyrdom allow me to be a martyr right and then people would come there and say like what kind of weird dua are you making Omar it's like uh, and it's like it's like you're asking for for martyrdom and people who become martyrs the people who are defending who are defending the you know the, the Muslim people right and like the wars are happening far on the outskirts on the borderlands right like hundreds of miles away and you're here in the capital like we're in the most secure place in the whole like polity right so why would you make he and, and he was like, don't, don't worry about that, right? I'm making the dua and Allah, Allah would make it happen, right? And mm -hmm. eventually he 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 got that. Right? He 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 when he passed, he became amongst the shahada, amongst amongst the martyrs, right? And they and they say that that people who make a dua like this, like you, you could die quietly, like in your bed, like very peaceful death, but like you will be raised amongst the martyrs because you make a dua and it's it's something like that. That high aspiration is something Allah loves and Allah Allah can make that make that possible to you. So set high goals. Be like, be like, do I, I don't think I've ever been thankful. I think I'm a, I'm a terrible person. I, I'm not a thankful guy. It's like, okay, that's fine. Realize where you mm -hmm. are. And then set your goal. I want to be more thankful, right? And ask Allah for Allah help me to become more thankful to you, and then work on implementing that, right? So we talk about being um, being uh, intentional, being uh, being present in the things uh, that we're doing. We talked about like uh, a lot of people from um, from South Asia, people that have like Farsi based languages. Uh, an honorific that we use often for religious figures is we use the we use the word Hazrat, right? So like uh, we use Hazrat, and it, it can be like a Sahaba or, or one of the prophets, or it can be uh, it can be uh, I don't know, like a, maybe a scholar or something. It's a, a term we use. Interestingly, if you look into that that word Hazrat, uh, we would most likely expect it to be something like the root of that word to be like the excellent or the honorable or like the knowledgeable or like the really really cool guy, right? Mm. But that's not what we're finding, right? That the word Hazrat comes from the Arabic word Hudur, which actually means present, right? So the the 
the the characteristic that we chose to connect to honor someone was not being knowledgeable or being amazing or being really fast or being really strong, but it was being present, right? Mm-hmm. So we call them Hazrat. So in that same sense, like have that hudura, have that presence. And you open any self-help book, what are they talking about today? They're talking about, oh, you need to be more present, mm-hmm. have your um, your affirmations, right? Do all this stuff to be be in the moment. And that's something we need to work on too, right? Um, and it's an Islamic concept, right? Hudura is an Islamic concept. Mm-hmm. So focus on on being in the moment, what we can do to be thankful for it now, right? And say that more, right? We talk about like, sometimes we're thankful, but it's just lip service that, you know, you go to the grocery store and the cashier gives you gives you a receipt and you're like, thanks. It's like, am I saying thanks because I'm thankful or am I saying thanks because I was raised in this situation just to say thanks? It's like, it's like I, I mean, I probably say it because my parents just taught me like, Thanks, thanks for the yeah. receipt, right? But it's like it's like no, but I'm actually thankful. Why? I guess because it would have been inconvenient for me to climb over the the their cash register. Now there's a COVID barrier. You know, I get around the yeah. to get the receipt from back there, but you handed it to me, so you know, thank you, thank yeah. you for that, right? So trying to have those little moments of thankfulness in our life can kind of compound to things a lot bigger. Um, you talked also about like what can we do uh, to be more thankful as students in this ugly world. Mm. Right. And, um, and I, and I agree with you, like the world's getting uglier out there, right. When you look out there. So what are some things that we can have in our life to deal with the ugliness in the world? And I think, uh, you're right. Like we're dealing with different people, you know, we're dealing with different people on campus and it's like, I gotta deal with, uh, I gotta deal with, um, my friends and you know we some people we have real friends and other people we're just kind of friends for socially right we have to go to certain clubs and i have to go to the club socially you know i don't like those people but i need to do well in this club because it's going to lead to an internship i need that for work and then you know we have like we have msu folks that 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 you know we, we hang out with and we have people in classes and people in my study group and we have you know all these different personalities that we're dealing with right and not and 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 some people don't have good intentions some people are some people are cutthroat right you hear about this you're at university all the time. It's like, don't leave your, like, don't forget anything in class because if someone finds your, depending on the class, if they find your notes, they'll throw your notebook away because they want you to fail because yeah. the curve will be better for them. Right. Yeah. So, so people are out there to get you. Right. So how do we, how do we work on that? And I think a very, very, uh, um, powerful concept is to contextualize thankfulness in that setting in this ugly world. Cause a lot of people are like, what's there to be thankful for? Like, what's, what's the point, you know, that, First and foremost, we realize that that an incident might happen, something might happen, right? Like I got like it, you know, you might get into a car accident, you might get into, um, you might not do so well on a project. And thing is, a uh, like from the from like the thought from the outward, it might not look super something you should be thankful for. But thing is, be thankful because there's something in it that's that that is that you should be thankful for, but you may just not realize it. But I know that my relationship with my creator, with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is one on love, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves me, loves me more than my than my parents, loves me more than my mother could ever love me. So if he's sending me this grade, if he's sending me this this situation, there has to be something good in it. I don't mm. know what it is, but whatever it is, let's say, let's say alhamdulillah for it. Let's let's have that thankfulness and we can take that thankfulness away from it. Um, and that concept is, in that ugly world is uh, a beautiful hadith that connects it, is that the Prophet wasalam, is that he said, um, show thankfulness to the creator by being thankful to the creation, mm. right? And this contextualizes things because we realize that um, I'm being thankful to this person who handed me this pencil because I need the pencil for my math quiz, but the actual provision, the rizq, the pencil that came to me that inshallah will lead me to success came because Allah gave it to me. Allah provided for me to have this pencil and this opportunity. 
this person is just a is just a means. It's just a tool that Allah is using, right? So at the end of the day, you can remove everything in the relationship with Allah, right? Sometimes it gets noisy, right? It gets it gets like it, the room gets noisy, and you, you kind of lose lose focus. By the end of the day, you take everything away. It's it's just you and Allah at that mm. point, right? And if we can kind of keep that in mind. At that point, that we can be thankful to anyone, right? And if it creates a power dynamic, who cares? Because at the end, like everyone's just creation, but the Lord of the creation like loves me and is happy because I'm thankful to Him, right? Mm. I think that's something incredibly important, right? We talk about an ugly world. I, I work in disaster management, right? And that means like um, when natural disasters strike, tornadoes and hurricanes. Um, um, we do a lot of things, but one of the things we do is we go and respond. We go into the disaster zone and we respond to these areas. Um, I'm going to Kentucky, actually, um, I think next week, um, the tornadoes that hit um, in December. So we're doing some relief work there. And the thing is, when you see these people, I think, subhanAllah, like, talk about an ugly world, right? Like, you talk about um, you talk about the, the issues they went through and the amount of um, the amount of thankfulness that they have, right? I went to... Um, this was this is near Dawson Spring, Kentucky. This is like, I don't know, Western Kentucky. It's a uh, not a very urban area, right? Very small townish kind of place. I remember we we're driving, we were driving through this area, and we had to do um, uh, basically we had to record the damage in this town. So I was in one car, and my team was in another car, and we said, "You go to the uh, you go to the east part, we'll go to the west part, and we'll go through the town, and we'll meet in the middle." So we're we're going through the town, and before we got there, we saw the railroad tracks, right? And these like huge like the the petroleum tankers, the one that carried petroleum, which is like tossed like toys. So we're like, mashallah, this was a very strong tornadoes, the cell that came through here. So we're going through, so I'm going through the, the town and we're looking at the, the building, trying to catalog the damage. And we're like, first of all, beautiful homes, huge, like, like I mentioned, they're in LA, they're probably multi-million dollar houses, probably Kentucky, they're worth like eight raspberries or something. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but, yeah. but, you know, so we're going through and we're looking at the houses and, 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 and I'm like, oh, this is not too much damage. I, don't know, I guess like the some shingles are missing, you know, some paints damaged. It's not, it's not too bad. You know, it's, it's not too bad. And at that point, I'm like, I think we should leave from here because this 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 town looks fine. Like I think we yeah. should go to a different town. So I called the other car and I was like, Hey, this town looks great. Um, I think we should move to another town that's more affected. And he's like, What are you talking about? It's it's very affected. I'm like, What do you mean? So I was like, Okay, so I'm like, maybe they have a little bit more damage there. And then literally we cross those railroad tracks and go to the other side of the town and this town is leveled. Like it's mm. flat. There was like a two-story house and it was shorter than me. It came up to like my waist. Like it was just like flattened like a pancake. And I was like, Allahu Akbar. And then we came the next day and there was some of the, they let, they let um, uh, I mean, as relief workers were allowed in afterwards, some of the residents were allowed back in kind of going through their stuff. And they were just like, and I, and and they were very thankful people, right? Because they're, and we talked to some of them and they're like, my kids are all here, you know, they're have 10 fingers and 10 toes. What more, what more do I want? You know, it yeah. could have been, it could have been worse. Alhamdulillah. So, um, you find people that they, 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 they get so broken that the only thing that can come out is thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Mm. Right. So we don't pray for any of us, any of us to get to that point of that being that broken, but in the ugly world, right. Like what, what do they say? You have to find the silver lining in your dark clouds. Right. Yeah. So we're that we're seeing, all the issues we're facing, we have a lot of problems. We have a lot of pressure on us. What what sugar can can I can I wring out of my situation? Yeah, and that's something. Like, I have a friend who actually told me that was um, if you didn't have the bad days, you'd never know what the good days were like, mm. right? And to me, that was like, like that's what helped me contextualize what I'm going through with school, for example, right? And that comes back to like having the shukr, which um, I think you should talk about also, like how Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam employed that. But like when I heard that from my friend was. 
Um, you don't know what the good days would be like unless you had those bad days. Right. It's not just like you have to go through the bad days to do it. You have to go through the bad days and then sit down and think. And you have to right. be like, this is a bad day to me, but it brought forth this gratefulness from my heart. And then you employ that gratefulness to um, to your daily life. And then your good days start turning into great days, right? And right. the bad days become good days. And all of a sudden, you don't even have bad days. You're just like, even like even today, like where we recorded almost the whole episode. Right. It's not a bad day. Like our conversation now brought forth new topics, right? right? So, I mean, I would always be grateful for that advice. But like on that end, how did like Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, because he's the one we model ourselves after. If there's right. anyone we should be, when it comes to human beings, if there's one you should look up to and model yourself, it is Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So like with him, um, is there anything like any stories, any hadith, any, or even like his daily ins and outs? Like he, we, we know that he was a very like emotionally, like from what we know, he was very emotionally sound. Like he knew what he was talking about. A lot of people went for him for emotional and uh, mental advice. Was there anything on his end with gratefulness, specifically with um, verbalizing gratefulness that you could talk about? Right. I think... Um a beautiful part of, of, of the sunnah or the, or the life, just the kind of person the Prophet Islam was, was that um, he was a person of shukr, right? He was a person that had um, um, intense thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? But we read about his, uh, um, the the vicar, the, the 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 remembrance, the litanies, the things that he would say, right? Alhamdulillah would, would be amongst them, like constantly, constantly making um, asking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uh, to um, to increase, to to put blessings. Uh, Allah, I'm thankful to you for all this that you have, alhamdulillah, for, for this that happened, for this for this situation that happened, the things that that you have um that you have given us, the things that you have taken away from us. Um and 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 realizing that, you know, the situation, whatever it may be, you know, that there is good in it. We mm. may not realize what that good is, right? Um, a common phrase, alhamdulillah, that alhamdulillah on every state, right? Whatever state that we're in, that we see, that we see blessings in. There's a, um, a story that we're reminded of. It's 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 an ether, and in this um, in this story, um, yeah, it may not have the strongest, um, it may have the strongest authenticity, but we're not taking it for like legal rulings. We're taking just take the lesson away from it. And this in this uh, in this story, we see that. Um, uh, Jibril al-Islam is talking to Musa al-Islam and in this, uh, in this interaction they're talking about thankfulness and, and, and they said let me show you an example right so they go into the, the nation of Musa al-Islam and they come to a uh, they come to a, a place uh, they, they come to the people and um, there's like a swarm of locusts coming right and then there's just and then you know locusts destroy crops destroy harvest they come and eat everything and they, they cause famine right so usually when you see locusts it's not a it's not a good situation yeah. right so those of us in the relief world were like oh now we have to like have you know program food program set up because this harvest is going to be destroyed so we're looking at the we're looking at these situations and this individual is kind of like collecting the locusts in a basket right because in that situation right right um People eat locusts, right? There's nothing else to eat. Even Islamically, it's, it's permissible for us to eat locusts. Mm. Most likely, if locusts come, it's probably the only thing you can eat. So, um, this person is kind of collecting locusts in a in in a basket, right? And as he's doing, he's alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. Correct, you know. And most people are not saying alhamdulillah. Most people are saying other things because, you know, livelihoods locusts, are being yeah. destroyed, right? And and now the question is, they kind of ask this person, they're like, "Why are you saying alhamdulillah? You know, it's like a, the swarm is here. It's like destroying things. It's it's really bad." And he, and and his response was. Why would I not have thanks to Allah? Because Allah still provides for us. Allah gives us good things. I may not understand what the blessings in this situation is, mm. but but because 
I'm I'm thankful because the, the situation is here. I'm thankful to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. And it says in the story, then after the, after he mentioned that he um kind of like dropped the basket, right? And when you drop the basket, things will spill out. And he goes, when the basket hit the ground, and the locusts kind of popped out. They had turned to gold, mm. right? So that the the thankfulness that they had to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala led to that the blessings and the things that he came right. And the story continues that they came to someone. They said this person's the most has the most ingratitude, right? And they came to a very poor person, didn't have a lot going on for them, didn't have a lot of things going on, just had 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 one garment, just like an izar, like like, like a lungi, just like one waist wrap, just like covering what he had to cover and just kind of sitting there. And they came to him, they said, you know, why aren't you why don't you have more hamd? Why aren't you more thankful? Have have more have more shukr, right? And uh, and and have more thanks. And th- this person was like, "Why would I be thankful? What do I have to be thankful for? There's nothing in my life that's good." And said, right when he said that, a strong wind blew and blew his only garment away. Right. Mm-hmm. So what we see, what we see there is that that we don't tie our like our thankfulness um, to the situation. We tie it to Allah and whatever Allah gives us, we want to be thankful for. Right. And this, I think, this reminds me very. Um, powerfully about a verse of the Quran. Uh, when we talk about often, we talk, we talk about um, thankfulness. This is a, that a verse we find with the Ibrahim, chapter number fourteen, verse number seven, um, where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says, "Wala in shakar, Where Allah Subhanahu wa Taala is telling us that, like, if we are thankful. I will increase you. Right. Mm. This is an example that we saw. This person was thankful. All he had was locust. Right and became gold. Now he can kind of support himself and support his family. Allahu Akbar. And I think like and I don't want to get too nerdy here, but like the grammar of that verse is very very powerful, right? So if we're, Allah is saying that if you are thankful, then we will then uh, if you are thankful, then we will increase you, right? Now the thing is, usually when we see increase in the Quran, right? It's like a, a dua, a, a Quranic dua that a lot of us say is Rabbi Zidni Alma, right? Allah increase me in alm, increase me in knowledge, right? When we're growing up, our parents are like. You become a doctor. You got to say this dua every day. You yeah, become yeah. a doctor, right? And we're like, not a doctor. Sorry, mom. But <laughs> um, but the dua is still there, right? And usually that 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 verb of increase, of ziyada, is tied to a noun, right? So we're tying that increase to to knowledge, right? But interestingly here, what we're seeing in the verses of the Ibrahim is um, la, la, la in shakaratum azidannakum. Allah is saying that we'll increase you, but there's no noun there. Right, it's like it's like if I if I'm thankful, will he increase my knowledge? Will he increase my money? Will he increase my health? Will he increase my strength? What will he increase? It's like there's no noun. It just says we'll increase you. Mm-hmm. And the scholars that come and they said that it's the verse is left general, in pur- on purpose that that Allah Subhanahu will increase you, and it's not limiting his increase. He's not limiting the blessings he'll shower on you. Right, different things you may need, different things you may want. Right. And all of that can be achieved by having a thanks to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And even things that we think are very small, right? We might think that, oh, locusts are 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 not are not a good thing. But if we're thankful for the locusts in our lives, it leads to the gold in our life. Mm. So that's the connection we have to kind of make. Um and uh and, and, and yeah, that's something incredibly strong about about realizing that if we have thankfulness to Allah, that, that a lot of us may say that. Why, why, what should I be thankful for? I have nothing going on in my life, nothing nothing really great. Even if you don't think it's great, even if you think it's something bad, mm-hmm. right? Right. We were taught this. If you get into a car accident, the first thing you say is alhamdulillah, right? Because it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Right? It could have been a lot worse. And when we say alhamdulillah, that, that thankfulness to Allah will increase us in things that we need. Yeah. Yeah. And even like having like 
what say for example the car like being in an accident or even in any situation where you might think something's gone bad we say alhamdulillah because we are allowed we we are given the opportunity to verbalize and actually say and this is something i saw on social media actually so this is one of the moments social media is actually good for people right, okay. so but i saw it um and it said um every time you sin um you might feel like Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala is not watching right but you he is still giving you the breath and the life to even commit the sin so do you not think if he's allowing you to exist when that happens he's not punishing you in that moment by taking your life away and not letting you repent later on right and so with gratefulness the same exact thing is when you when you aren't being grateful right or when you aren't haven't implemented that in your life or say example you haven't if you were in a car accident you didn't say alhamdulillah or you didn't after even to yourself like just be grateful like oh thank god i'm alive if your first reaction was no my car's wrecked like right. that was like 60k and like or people I, in college who are on like trust fund babies like that was two million dollars yeah, of a car right yeah. like does it really matter at least you got to say that was two million dollars of a car right right so if you have the breath and you have the capability and you have the capacity to actually be grateful because we have a lot of um, individuals um, who have disabilities for example and some of those disabilities don't allow them to process emotions or different things on the same degree. They can't even be grateful for something. Right. Right. So there are certain conditions like that. Like you are given a gift if you're being allowed to be grateful about different things. So when it comes to saying Alhamdulillah, uh, Alhamdulillah, or any kind of um, any kind of like verbal communication, like if someone else did something for you, like one of your friends is like just nah, brought you a rose that day or something. I don't right. know, like something right. cool. Verbalizing and being intentional with your gratefulness towards them and we talked about this earlier, it's also like, um, uh, uh, it's also like, uh, I'm blanking out on the word, but it's basically also a form of like, uh, like dhikr or like, not dhikr, but it's another word for it. Ibadah, worship. Ibadah. There's another, it's a form of ibadah towards um, just because you're grateful to someone else. Right. Right. So yeah, I think it's very, like a lot of those were really good points. Um, whether it be the locust story or any of those kind of like um, um, stories or hadith as well is, by employing this sense of gratefulness, right? You, Allah will elevate you, mm -hmm. right? Because you are performing ibadah by being grateful. You are, um, you are bringing happiness and more joy into the world by being grateful, right? The ugliness, you're combating it by becoming more grateful. Definitely. Right? So, so even like, even if verbalizing it is a very hard thing to do as a college or a high school student, a lot of, I mean, from what I've been hearing and what I've listened to, approach that I'm going to probably start end up taking um, that is new to me. I've been working on this, right? But it's a tough thing to work on. But something that I think would be new to me is realizing that the impact of what I'm doing is good. So mm -hmm. it's not just about myself anymore. It's like, right. yeah, I might just say thank you, become more grateful because then I, you know, feel better. Or I do better in my own life. But all of a sudden I'm making the world a better place. So even if you have no money, even if you got nothing, like that story of the man um, who was super poor and like had the um, waste, wrap, yeah. waste wrap and that's all he had well, if he was just a little bit more grateful, he could have brought a little bit more girl, uh, good into the world, right? Right. So, yeah, that's not a perspective I didn't really think about. And I think like a lot of college students, a lot of high school students, a lot of people in the West are very impact focused. So I think if you understand that by being a more grateful person, you will automatically not only make your life better or your akhara better, but you're going to be making other people in this world better. And that comes back to the story of like, oh yeah, you're not going to be one of those uncle or aunties in a park backbiting about some other family, right? right. You're going to be the kind of people who are being held, like really, really grateful about um, your daily actions, right? Or right. about like just being able to go to the park and have dinner and stuff with your friends and have your kids run around, right? That is going to trickle down and feed into the next generations, right? Right. So um, 
yeah, that was like just a big splurge of words. But all in all, like I think that tra- translating the gratefulness of the mind and the heart into translating gratefulness of the tongue is so key for like students, people our age. Definitely. Because we are in the habit setting age right now. Mm-hmm. Like this is a time where we're making intentional actions, right? Yes. And there's like a span of like eight years where we can do that, where like around the age of like 16, 15, when we gain that maturity up to the age where people will say, get married, bring another person in their life. Because then if another person comes in your life, it becomes a whole other situation. Right. But during that time period, you're really defining and creating your own habits and such. And the thing is, you become a grateful person, you will look for grateful friends, right? right. You will find a grateful wife, a spouse. So like those kind of things you want to shape for yourself. Like these are the things you want to shape for yourself just so you can prepare yourself for what is to come as well as put yourself in the best position when things get really hard, right? Right, Because those are the times when you're going to need this as a habit, not as a time to set them uh, set the goals yeah. so um yeah big words blurred right there <laughs> i hope that made sense Great to words, any of you guys Michelle. yeah um okay so first part was a gratefulness of the heart and the mind second part was gratefulness of the tongue is there anything else you'd like to add about the gratefulness of the tongue i think that's about it that's about it yeah. okay so the third part was gratefulness of the limbs right actions um so what does could you like define that a little bit more? And sure. then could you also like just like dive into that from that perspective? Definitely, definitely. I think the the next step to kind of move on to is how do we take first, we've kind of actualized that I'm going to start being thankful and I've started saying I'm, you know, verbalizing, affirming your your thankfulness, right? So it's kind of becoming something more, more into your um um, into your daily routine, something you're doing. Now the next step is, how, what do I make? What's the manifestation of that, right? So thankfulness of the limbs, right? So doing actual, um, doing actual things to implement your your sugar, your your thankfulness, right? And kind of showing and kind of showing what that means, right? So we talk about putting money where your mouth is, right? Mm. So let's put some. Let's not be all talk, right? So we talk about. We, it's easy to say it's easier to say thank you, right? It's easier to say, I, I really appreciate this, right? But what what does that mean? You know, what are the, you know, what are the alamat? What are the signs of that? What are the, what's the proof that you're actually thankful, right? What are you doing? So we look at, we look at different things and we see, it, it varies from situation. Right? There's probably the most variable one. It's not just like, I'm going to sit down and say things, but in different situations, we have to do things to show that we're thankful, right? So we talk about relationship with, uh, maybe with the, um, um, <clears throat> with different relationships we have, different relationships we have with our friends or with our parents. So uh, friends do things for us, right? And we'll and we'll help them out in other ways, right? Well, and what does that look like, right? Maybe um, someone helped you out with something, so you're gonna, um, I don't know, I'm gonna like we, we were helping a friend move recently, right? And then actually I wasn't. My brother was helping someone move. I was just dropping something off. Mm. So they were helping my friend move into his new apartment, and then he's like, "Hey guys, please come over for iftar afterwards." And then you know. I'm going to give you guys some food, right? So actually showing and implementing um, that type of uh, thankfulness, right? Mm. And I think a lot of times we get caught up on like the the grandeur of it, like and and expecting like, oh, we have to do something huge and have to spend all this money. And it's like, you know, we're in school, you know, we're all broke. We don't have, we don't have a lot of money. Yeah. We're FAFSA kids, you know? So it's like, what are we going to do to spend all this, uh, to spend all this money? No one's saying to like, you know, spend all the money, like be real with where you are in your situation, do, do what you can. Um, I knew a brother uh, and he was an undergrad. We, we drove somewhere. Uh, we drove like, um, from LA to like, 
and like an hour away and we stopped we stopped over there and his car like broke down and then we he knew he knew like an uncle there he called the uncle and he was like he's like can you please help me out and they're like yeah they're like this this pump is broken we need to fix this pump in your in your civic so they went they went he bought the he bought the pump himself from the from the mm-hmm. thing and the uncle like installed it the uncle knew what he was doing and then he's like okay and he was like thank you so much i want to do something for you right so he gave him some money mm-hmm. he gave him some money but as a student he gave him like 20 bucks or something right yeah and you know, if you went to the mechanic, it'd probably be a few hundred dollars, but he's like, I'm thankful so much, but this is what I can do in this situation. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to do that for you. Right. And then, and then just implementing that thankfulness. Right. So maybe like in our relationship with our parents, it's probably not going to be um, a relationship of gift of, you know, of, of spending on them because, you know, a lot of parents are like, my kids are going to spend on me. I'm going to spend on my kids. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so that now the question is, what can you do in your situation to be thankful to your to your parents, right? Maybe um, I don't know. You, you like there's certain chores that like maybe your mom does all the time, and like she's gonna mop the floor, and she wakes up, and it's already mopped. You know, oh mom, don't, don't worry, I took care of it. All yeah. oh, the groceries are already stocked. I took care of it. You know what? You have to cook today. We're gonna I'm gonna take you out. And we're gonna go like this nice. This or nice. Even with parents, just spending time with them honestly. Yeah, I think yeah. That, that that's a like, that, that's a very big thing, and they want that quality time, yeah. right? Because I feel like. Um, I realized it was some of my younger cousins and uh, it just kind of dawned on me that my parents probably have the same like outlook. It's like my cousins, like when they started, they're like really young and now they're like little babies that are kind of annoying. Yeah. And, like, and now they're like getting older. I'm like, Oh, you're, you're, you're in high school. You're cool. Like we, we can go out and like get some boba or something to yeah. hang out. You know, like I bet you my, our parents are probably at the point like, finally, these kids are like in high school and college. Like they're not like dumb kids. I can like hang out with them and have good conversations with them. Yeah. So if we can do that, I think that's something they would love. But again, it's, it's different per situation. Right. Mm. And then we talk about like thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right. So obviously verbalizing saying alhamdulillah having that thanks and then you know uh doing the things that allah wants that the things that are pleasing to allah staying away from things that are displeasing to allah right is mm-hmm. a is a form of showing thankfulness like like allah you gave me this this healthy body right alhamdulillah thank you so much for this healthy body i'm not going to use it to do haram things even though you know we're in school and we're and we're young and you know temptations are there and you know probably the most you know attractive you're going to be is in these few years mm-hmm. right and a lot of things can happen but i'm going to not do that because allah would displease you right mm-hmm. and it's like i could be sleeping i could be in my bed and sleeping but alhamdulillah you gave me the strength to stand and worship you and we see like we see uncles in the masjid who are praying in chairs because you know they don't have the strength to do it mm-hmm. anymore but alhamdulillah you gave me the strength so um let me let me use it for you like uh, one of our teachers would say um don't 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 forget the don't forget the benefit of a strong back right and use that back in the in the like in the path of Allah right and do mm-hmm. do whatever you can right and whatever is realistic for you right no one's saying going uh, no one's saying going doing crazy things and like hurting yourself but like I'm gonna do a couple of rakahs of of, of tarawih every night because yeah. you know I got the time and alhamdulillah like, gave me the strength to stand for twenty rakahs so I'm gonna do that yeah and even when it comes to like just friends like one of the things I've noticed is like you'd be surprised at how much of a difference is when you give your friend a hug if they did something right yeah. like it's it's and you have nothing you don't need money right like trust me like this there's a lot of things you can do and you'll find that as, like implementation wise especially for college and high school students and this is what i think people um forget because like in mustard it's all about like zakat and like you know like a lot of the stuff that's in the mustard students just like brush bass because we can't do anything right right like, it's not even my money if i was to give you zakat it's my parents money right right so it's like the meaning of it is just not there um but there's the thing is you have to train yourself because one day you will have the money and then you giving the zakat then 
it's still not going to mean anything if you didn't train yourself now. So like surprisingly, a lot of people aren't even intentional when they um, like give a hug. But the thing is the people you give hugs to, like say, why don't you dap up when you're a brother? You're like, yeah. yo, what's up? And you do, you're, you only do that with your close friends. Right. Right. And it means something. But now like, let's say somebody had done something for you, but it doesn't deserve like deserve a hug by normal standards, right? right? But say they just like brought you something and you're like, oh, I appreciate you. And then you give him a hug and you open up your arms for a hug and he'll give you a hug. Like he's not going to be opposed to it. Right. But there's going to be a different connotation of that. But by training yourself and by giving yourself that like expression of gratitude, when you're 10 years in the future, you might not have someone to give a hug to, but you'll have money. Right. And then when you give this at that time, it's going to be the same exact men mental like decision-making that it took for you to give that hug. Right. Right. So mm -hmm. it's like, you can't blindly expect things to just fall. Like it doesn't matter when the money comes. Like right. I know all these families in the masjid who have plenty of money and yet it seems more hollow than one of my friends giving me a hug. Right. Right. And yeah. the reason it's so hollow is just because I, it's not, it's not just an, it's, it's an empty action and it's not an intentional action. I've seen families and people give money and it's very intentional or, um, one of the most intentional I've ever seen, seen ever seen in my life is like the anonymous donors who give like 5k right. or 10k in the middle of like Ramadan. Right. I'm like, why would you not want your name called? Yeah. Out? Why not? Like, what? I want my name on the measure? Rename the measure after me, guys. <laughs> yeah. You know. So like those those actions, right? Those are the actions of the limbs essentially, and um, you know they have the those are the things you want to aspire to be like because even like in Islam, like. Um, um, if you feed a homeless person, but then you go tell around everyone like, oh, I fed a homeless person. I was an amazing person, right? That decreases the actual act of feeding the homeless person, right? right? So it's the same ex like exact thing with being like this gratefulness of the limbs is you should start training yourself to be grateful innately and naturally and not expect anything in return from it. Right. And I just realized that by doing gratefulness of the heart, then gratefulness of the tongue, and then gratefulness of the limb, it creates a cycle, not just for yourself, but for everyone else, mm, right? Tell me more. So tell Maybe you already know this, but like, like this is what I'm thinking. So like from what you just explained, like we, we were talking about being grateful in an ugly world, right? right? So ugliness, you know, just slamming down on all these people and human beings aren't born ugly, right? right. So like a lot of people I've met in college and high school aren't ugly. Some of them are just lost most right. of the time. So you are facing all this ugliness. By internally being grateful, right? By internally, from what you explained, like all the stuff you talked about, by internally first learning how to be grateful from the mind and the heart, you take care of yourself, right? Right. You give yourself like this protective shield. You're like, okay, no matter what happens, Alhamdulillah, I am here, I'm breathing, I'm alive. The affirmation thing, all this, such, all that stuff, like it just right. gets compounded into that. You've protected yourself now. Then you go into like gratefulness of the tongue, right? Now you're making that connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now you're putting it out in the world. You're making it stronger. So you're adding that shield, but now you're also starting to branch away from that shield. Okay. Right? So you're starting to show other people like, you're setting an example. You're maybe directly impacting some other individuals, but more than anything, you've creeped these like tendrils out. So okay. you've protected yourself in the shield, you've creeped these tendrils out. And then it becomes the actions of the limb, right? And so limbs can refer to like any kind of action. Like the hug thing was just an actual physical action of right. the limb, but external limb is basically actionable items, mm -hmm. right? So now you're doing actionable items and that combats with the actual ugliness of the world, mm. right? And eventually if you tap into someone enough, they'll realize, wow, that person is just like, I find it so admirable. Like Omar Suleiman is one of the like, guys, like we all, like, every single Muslim loves him, right? right like right. that's just like a key fact of life. Right. But um, the reason I like his social media presence is because he's always smiling, which is Sunnah, right? And right. there's a reason for that. And he's putting out this image of, um, not of even of perfection, but of 
things to work on. The Ramadan series that he currently has out is fully focused on like things to work on. Right. right? And that's creeping out the tendrils and I'm getting affected by that. And I'm like, wow, you're right. And then I become more grateful about myself. And then I'm also then becoming more actionable in front of the tongue. And then all of a sudden the limbs start taking effect. And now the ugliness is gone from me. Right. Right. And that's a goal. And then ugliness in the world is formed by people. So if you spread that out enough, eventually mm-hmm. everyone is changing. So it comes back down to, even if you got no money, even if you're majoring in something that's totally unemployable, right? Right. right. You can still have an impact in the world. Your life can still be happy. You can be happy with where you're at. And more than anything, you will attract the good people around you. Because what makes us happy on a day-to-day basis, and I will say this, like this is calling out every college student ever, is you're not unhappy because you're a major. You're not unhappy because you're filling your class. I mean, you may be. Yeah. So I'm not going to speak for everyone. But a lot of them aren't happy that. It's because when you step away from all that stuff, you don't have any happiness filling you what your actual life is worth. Right. The things that actually matter in your life, you haven't conducively, you haven't intentionally set that up. Right. And people, emptiness in there. Yeah. People forget to set that up. Our focus all throughout high school and colleges, school, grades, yeah. this, that, extracurriculars, this, this, mm-hmm. whatever. People forget you actually need good friends around you. Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. had all the Sahabas. Right. Those were his people. Yeah. Like there was yeah. a, like you can say it's a very colloquial term nowadays, but they were his homies. Like yeah. they are, he's, he was with them all the time. He was doing things with them. They went with him everywhere he would go. Right. right. They fought battles with him. Uh-huh. So like, you need those people. Like that's where you draw happiness from, right? So by becoming a more grateful person, you attract more grateful people. By having more grateful friends, you'll be in a more grateful spot. Eventually you have a grateful spouse, you have grateful kids. Mm. And that kind of bleeds into the other topics that we talk about from like hypocrisy and all these things. Like you work on the gratefulness of it, those things will follow. So like that's like a synopsis of how to, I just connected all the dots with what you talked about as well. But um, yeah, I, like- You made a really brilliant point and- if you um, use this in your khutbah, I deserve credit. Oh, I will, I will give you. I will give you a shout out. A shout yeah. out, college Muslim guys. Yeah. You know? uh, but you made a. Very, I was not thinking about that. But you made a very brilliant point, mashallah. It reminds me of verse of the Quran. Um, this whole cycle about using um, thankfulness of the of the heart and of the tongue and of the limbs to fight the ugliness in the world. And the verse Allah subhanahu wa taala says that um, He will not change the condition of a people until they change themselves. Mm. Right. So if we're seeing the ugliness, if we work on changing it in ourselves through having, you know, thankfulness of the mind, of the heart and of the, of the tongue and of the body, then, then yeah, I think that totally, they totally fit together. Yeah. It's like a bleed, bleeding effect. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So let me just jump check. Yeah. Okay. So when it comes to like, um, I do want to address one thing like on those, like whether it can lie in any of those three aspects of gratefulness or in the overarching scheme of gratefulness, but a big, I mean, we talked about it a little bit, but a big, big factor for college students is kind of making that first step, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, obviously, like, you're not that much older than us. Like, like we usually have people who are giving, like, talks and all that stuff who are, like, you know, 20, 25, 30 years old. Like, not 25, 30 years old, older than us, oh, okay. right? Okay. Like, no, no, I was saying you're around that age. But, um, yeah, they're usually way much older, so the times have changed, et cetera, et cetera. But you went to college at UC Riverside. Like, you obviously have a background around here. What's something that you wish you had done that or that you did do that kind of started like this, like little spark in you, like what gave you, because things start with usually like a small like piece of motivation. Right. So what, what do you think we can look for? Like to begin any kind of change on any level of gratefulness? Um, I think one thing I wish I had known is more about um, gratefulness um, in undergrad. I wasn't I'm learning about it now. Mm-hmm. And I feel like it, it, it makes a big difference. It, it, it's, it's transformative, right. To, to experience that 
to, to have that thankfulness to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right? And um, this is like, a, it's it's not like, it, it it's something you can taste, but you can't like teach it, you know? Like I can't I can't tell you what it, that the feeling is. Like you just have to be thankful. And when you see the, the change, you'll be like, yeah, I know what this guy's talking about this podcast now. Like, you know, I, yeah. I, I felt it, you know? So I wish it was something I was, I was kind of more, more aware of. Um, and then something that I think that was really beneficial for me um, kind of on my journey that not just a thankfulness, but, but, um, and I'm thankful that my journey kind of helped me come closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And I think this is something very common, right. That American Muslim college students are, are, are going through that we kind of just like live our lives, um, you know, doing Islam because, you know, maybe our parents tell us to do it, or it's kind of like a cultural thing or, or, you know, we're all sitting there and, oh, everyone's praying. Okay. I'm going to, I'm going to pray too. You know, it's like, oh, oh, we're all going to the masjid. All right. I'm, I don't want, I can't be home alone because mm. I'm too young. So I'm going to go with you guys. And I'm going to do all this stuff. And, and is your heart really in it? Maybe, maybe not. We don't really know. And it's when you come to college that you kind of actually like find what your values are. Right. And you come to this point, like I'm, I'm living away from home. I'm living by myself. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm scheduling my own schedule. I'm, I'm deciding what I want to eat, where I spend my time. And do I want to continue having that adherence to Islam, being that close to Allah, what are my priorities going to be, right? So I think that's a thing that a lot of people are navigating when you get to college, right? And you spend these few years kind of figuring that out and seeing seeing how you want to how you want to navigate that. And something that was incredibly blessed to me was having a um, a right group of people to to be around. Um, and alhamdulillah, I was very blessed for the the brothers that I was uh, the, the 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 upperclassmen, the brothers that I was I was um, that. I was forced to be with. I didn't choose to be with them. It was very, very interesting. I feel like um, I had a, I finished high school and then I was like, I'm going to go look for a, a place to live. And, um, you know, I was applying for dorm, obviously, right? Because mm -hmm. you see movies, you're like, oh, that's the cool dorm culture. You want to have that thing. And then, you know, do all that, do all that fun stuff you see. And then remember my older brother, uh, he was already in college and he, he said he had done the dorms and he was like, don't do dorms. It's a terrible experience, right? Like he's like, the food's bad. It's not comfortable. And then he's all like, and the environment's really bad. And he was all like, it's, it's like drugs and drinking all the time and everything's, all this stuff's going down. And you know, I was like this arrogant 17 year old. I was like, I was like, I got, I got it. I got this. <laughs> I got it, yeah. Don't worry. I got this. And then, and then like, I remember that he could kind of, I, I could kind of see like in his face that he was kind of like losing the battle. And, and then he was just like, all right, bro, if you want to waste your money just like go and do it. And I was like, money? What, yeah. do you, what do you mean? He's like, you know how expensive it is to live in dorms? And I was like, no. That kind of looked at like the, like the, the financial aid package. I'm like, oh my God, this is, this is like dumb, dumb for like yeah. no reason, you know? So he was like, oh, you know, if you find an apartment. So he connected me with some like MSA guys and was like, oh, uh, this freshman's coming. He needs a place to live. So lo and behold, it's kind of ended up that like these random, like the, the random then I didn't know who these people were. Yeah. They're like, oh, this guy's coming. He needs a place to live. Can you live with you guys? Yeah, sure. Right. And just being around good people, right. Was, was, cause they were already friends, right? Yeah. So they're already, do, they already had plans. They're going to do things. They're going to go to dinner. They're going to go meet these people. They're going to, they're going to go ball and then go hang out afterwards. Mm -hmm. And then when they're going to go do that, like they're really nice. They could have left this like 17 year old freshman alone in the apartment. Yeah. They take, they're like, yo bro, you trying to roll with us? I'm like, yeah, yeah. I got nothing to do. So I'd roll with them and then just like meet the people and then, and then see, and, and see good people doing yeah. good things. Right. And I, and I think about it, like if I was in the dorms, um, you know, randomized, you know, I, I could have been with. Um, I, I think even at that point, even if I was given a Muslim roommate, if somehow I was able to figure that out, 
we still would have been the same point developmentally, right? We would have been very, very young, right? Mm-hmm. We were both men. I was 17, you know, I was like, I was like, I'm a 17 year old getting into college. No one does this. I'm, mm. I'm super cool. Right. And then both 18, 17 year old, whatever we would have been developed kind of still trying to figure it out, but being blessed to be with um, older peers who kind of already knew the ropes and kind of already went through everything was, mm. was really, really beneficial. Um, someone was mentioning this and they, uh, I forgot, they're talking about the education system. And they said uh, one of the main ways that like, the classical education system and like the uh, and like like uh, the Muslim world differed from like Western education was that here we div- uh, we we segregate by age each grade is, yeah. is a, it's different age but over there they they segregate by gender right mm-hmm. and not necessarily focusing on the gender part but that means that you're in a room with people who are older than you yeah. right so that means that means like I don't know like. I don't know what the breakup would be. Maybe there's like people who are like four years, right? So mm-hmm. like you're there with 10 year olds and then 14 year olds, right? So automatically when you're there, you look up to the 14 year olds and like you could do something stupid and immature, but the 14 would be like, bro, stop, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay, 14 year old told me to stop. So I think it's incredibly like suhba, companionship is something incredibly important. Having, being around good people, even being around older people, right? And 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 benefiting from them. There was a... Um, I did Akadeka in high school and we went to one of those Akadeka like uh, meetups and the guy who was speaking, I have no idea who he was or why he was speaking. But one of the things he said was, he said that he's like, I'm a really good basketball player. And the reason I became a really good basketball player was because I was pushed myself, right? Mm. When I was in elementary school, I was playing middle schooler. When I was in middle school, I was playing high schoolers. When I was in high school, I was playing college, uh, like D1 people. When I, when, I, when I got to college and I was D2, I was playing pros and today I still play pros. Mm. So that's you have to push yourself and don't get comfortable. So that's part of the journey, I think, right? You have mm-hmm. to find good company, right? And and kind of hang around them. And if they're not, and if they're not, if you don't have good company, you have to go out of your way and find find the good company. Yeah. Ultimately, if you don't find it, right, we have the dua of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You send me good friends, send me good companions. I remember but there was actually one brother, and then they were like, like, like you know, like there's the, the people you know in MSA who are like, mashallah, like, like, like those are the really good brothers. Like, mm-hmm. like, like they're the ones like they're like they're on it, like they're on their prayers, and like they can teach you things. And they're not they're not jerks, right? Because sometimes we get people who are religious and they're jerks, yeah. right? And it's like you're missing the whole point. It's the bro. whole point yeah. of it. The whole point yeah. is not to be not a to jerk. Be a jerk. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, not to be a jerk. You know, maybe your Arabic is terrible, but you're not a jerk. That's great. Yeah, that's, that's what we yeah, want. Yeah, yeah. You know. But these guys were really really good brothers. And this other guy, he came and literally. Uh, like, like I, like, like he, he should have was like, Hey guys, um, if you guys are doing anything like social or fun, please include me. Cause I want to hang out with you. Mm. In my head, I was just like, what? How could you, how could you just say that? Yeah. Like what? Yeah. But he was trying to be like, he's like, you guys are cool. You guys are like, you guys have your heads on straight. Mm-hmm. I want to hang around you. So he straight up was like, yo, like, I want to, if you got to do anything, let me know. And we're like, oh yeah, dude, like we're going to get dinner. You want to come? Yeah. So, so I was like, I, I never would have done that. Yeah. I don't think I would have the courage to walk up these guys and be like, hey, can I hang out with you guys? That shows how powerful intentionalism is. Yes. Like, he was yeah. just intentional. He was like, yeah, I want this. You're good for me. He had his plan. Yeah. He had his carved, his, his path to the ocean carved out. I was like, I'm doing it. Yeah. Let's be friends. Yeah. Okay, cool. And you know, most most people, nine like ninety nine people out of a hundred, are not going to be like, "Ew, gross, get away from me." Mm-hmm. Like they're going to be like, "Yeah, for sure, bro, come come hang out with yeah, us." Yeah, like do a trial run. Yeah, yeah. You just, you hurt yourself. You just you can't be. You know, if you want to like change yourself and act like in a certain way, or you want to like again surround yourself with those people, you just you actually have to want to be there. Yes, and that's it, and that's all you need. Like, yes, you don't need to be already there, but if you're giving the proper intention, and like for example, that guy example you said. That's all you need. Mm-hmm. And then that's how you start the journey. But yeah, that's that's a pretty bold move. Yeah. Yeah. And it worked out great for him. He's doing great. Mashallah. No, yeah. Even on your end, like 
that's the same thing like with you living with the right people etc like that influence you as well so yeah even when it comes to gratefulness i do think it's important and i mean this is something i realized in college as well like now that like you know my extracurriculars and things aren't influencing who i'm hanging out with i have a choice Mm -hmm. and so like this whole choice thing is a very like prevalent topic for college students as well is you don't just choose to be grateful right like you train yourself to be grateful. Right. And so the way you train yourself is by putting yourself in the right spots with the right people and sometimes pulling yourself back and just being alone. Right. Like that also teaches you to be grateful too. Because when you're alone, you're kind of forced to be grateful because you're like, got nothing else, right. but I'm grateful I'm here, right? right. So yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. And I think that's something a lot of college students can pull away is you have to be very intentional with who you're hanging around. And this actually we filmed another podcast um, on literally just that was... Um, making your personal choices more personal. Mm. And that entire podcast is about who you're hanging around with, right? Okay. So this too as well is like to be, and to make yourself want to be on that pathway and track, you need those right kind of people as well. Turn that off. Don't worry. Okay. No worries, no worries. Okay. But yeah. I so- think you made a really good point about, um, we're talking about um, taking a step back mm-hmm. and kind of like thinking about things that we do. And that's the first step we talked about, right? So um, having having shukur of the, of the heart, right? So kind of like contemplating things. Um, and that idea of like tafakkur, of deep contemplation is something um, so something so strong uh, and so focused on um, uh, um, in Islam that that in of itself is a worship, right? So mm-hmm. like at the, at the time of tahajjud, the last third of the night, right? You can spend it praying, but also you can spend it in deep contemplation, right? But the thing is, most of us haven't trained ourselves to be able to do that. Um, mm. And we talk about, we talk about like hudura, having presence. Um, we're not comfortable being alone with ourselves, right? We, and that's part to do with the society that we live in. We're in a, we're in a very... Um, um, it, we're, 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 we're sensor, there's a lot of sensory um, inundation taking place, right? It's like, it's like, I want to sit here. I need to be on my phone scrolling. I need to be watching this video on YouTube. I need to. I need to do this. I need to not waste any moment. And we realize this contemplation is not a waste of mm. time, right? We we have lost we have lost the ability to be bored, right? Mm. We think boredom is a bad thing, right? And mindless boredom, yes, is a is a bad thing, right? But being able to sit there quietly, right, and have and have to have contemplation of of our life and our relationship with Allah, right? So some people would call this meditation, right? Um, having having this, once again, a really big thing in self-help books that was in Islam for over a thousand years, yeah. right? So th- this is something that is very important, but we've kind of lost that focus. So um, some of the issues we face is we're not being able to focus on our internal issues. It's because we're not being honest because you just sit there, maybe in a dark room and just kind of like think about what's going on and why, and why that's happening, mm-hmm. you know? Right. Like what are half the memes on Instagram about like that, that when you're, that when you're laying in bed, your brain goes over the most cringe things you've ever seen in your life. Mm-hmm. Right. The most cringe things you've ever done. It's like, that's part of it. You're sitting there and you're in your, and your brain is like, okay, it's time to contemplate. Let's think about what you did. Yeah. Why did you, you know, why did you, why did you talk badly to that person? Like, no, I don't want to think about this. I want to go back to bed. And it's like, yeah. It's like no, it's like it's like we have to we have to actualize that discomfort, right? And yeah. like we have to like it's gonna be it's gonna be uncomfortable, right? It's gonna it's gonna be uncomfortable. Like this whole process we talked about, it's like it's not it's not always gonna be easy, it's not always gonna be comfortable, right? Like that guy who's like he made the decision that he wanted to be around like the MSA guys and didn't want to be around his other friends. Like, I'm sure that was awkward for him. Hey, I want to hang out with you guys. Mm-hmm. Like, like I I felt awkward sitting there listening to that, you know? But it's it's um it's like I said, no one said, no one said it's going to be easy. Right. And, and like we said, we all have struggles. Things are going to mm-hmm. be difficult, but we have to constantly work on ourselves and 
and I think an important point is let's not lose focus on the progress that we make. We see in a hadith of our beloved Prophet Muhammad that says the most beloved actions to Allah are not like the largest, most grandiose um, um, actions, but it's the most consistent ones, right? Mm -hmm. Most consistent actions. So if you're doing something small, which something you think is small, do it consistently. Do it whatever you're, every day, every week, whatever your schedule is, and don't fall off of that. Mm -hmm. And Allah will love that. Yeah. It's a lot of good points. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, no. Um, I'm trying to think about it. If... <sighs> yeah. You left me with no words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no. I mean, that... I'm just thinking about, like, how... Because this is a confusing topic. I'm going to take a pause. I'm just going to like okay. cut this part out. Yeah, let's take, a moment, take it all in. Yeah. Where are you at? What's going on? Well, yeah. So, I mean, what you kind of talked about was even like the last statement that you were saying was like, it doesn't have to be the most grandiose action. Like, I kind of wanted to build on that for a second okay. and then just wrap it up right after that. Okay. Because that dealt with, um, that deals with college students a lot. Like, dude, like these people, like, kids like they just don't think they have enough of an impact or yeah like, yeah so like i want to build on that so i think i know where to go okay cool yeah okay so like you i mean this very last statement that you said was like it doesn't have to be alice one most beloved is like doesn't have to be the actions that are the biggest right it's not that one million dollar donation to the masjid mm. right it's the small consistent actions Right. right. And in a sense, if you think about it, if everyone had small, consistent actions every single day and we worked on that and they improve over time, how much good would we actually have in the world? Right. It's, it's an like, insurmountable amount. Like we get, we admire people like you were talking about in our MSA, like the people who you want to hang out with be good people because just because they're good brothers that they pray five times a day, they're on their like dean that, mm -hmm. you know, they had, they, they're intentional. Now imagine if like you start compounding and adding to that, like all of a sudden you become someone that everyone wants to be around right? and they want to be like, and then they turn into you. And then right. everyone kind of just bleeds. So it's again that bleeding effect. Like Islam is a it's a community religion. It's right. not like just about your one connection with Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. It's about the Ummah as a whole, mm -hmm. right? So, um, just one thing I wanted to do before we wrap up is, um, you talked about these um, not so grand actions. So here's the thing: college students, in our modern definition of grand actions, very few of us think we have the ability to do that. Right. Very few of us have an ability to do an action that would maybe affect more than one person. So why do you think it's, I mean, now why? Because we all know why it's so important. It's important because if you can even affect one life, like it's more than more than enough, right? Mm -hmm. Even if you're only affecting your own life, right? right? Taking care of yourself is also an ibadah, right? So right. you're doing a good thing for yourself as well as your akhira by taking care of yourself. But um, how do we stress the importance to high school and college students? Like, how do I stress that importance to myself? Like, this is something I need to prioritize. Right. Because we're just not prioritizing this gratefulness. Like, we are prioritizing things that do not need to be prioritized. Right. Like, there is... Making sure I look a certain way, making sure... Yeah. yeah. And, like, those things don't carry over for very long. Like, you will forget... If you take an extra semester in school or because you couldn't like graduate on time or if you can't that's in a year or if you failed a class or, you know, you didn't look your best on this day and someone judged you, like people will forget, people will move on, right. right? But your developed habits of what you're doing right now is going to directly impact the relationships and the kind of person you are later on in life. True. Right. It's why our parents emphasize so much when they were younger about like certain things, like whether it be getting up and praying five times a day, even though they weren't feeling so good. Right. right. So how do we emphasize like the importance? Like what what is the emphasis? What is the importance of 
you know, doing these tiny actions? Like what, what is the motivation behind it that even you found for yourself? I think first to kind of contextualize it, right? If you look at investment, everyone's talking about crypto right now, or like, you know, alhamdulillah, if you want to be healthier, you go to the gym and what you realize is you go to the gym and you get this great workout from you, from YouTube. And then, you know, you got your, you, you bought some cool gym clothes uh, that are way overpriced. And then you got all your supplements from GNC and then you go out to the gym and you work out. And then right when you finish your workout and you look at yourself, nothing's changed. Yeah. Right. And then you go, then in the first week, nothing's changed. Probably then in the first month, nothing's changed. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you realize is small things compound. Right. That's why like when they talk about investing, they're like, they're like, yeah, if you can invest a million dollars today, that's great. But if you can't, then do like a little bit, yeah. do like a few dollars every day. Right. Put in a, put in something that will, that will, because the, the things will compound. The thing is you won't even think about it. And then you show up on, you show up when you're 65 and you're taking your, I don't know, your 401k on or whatever. You're like, what's it's $2 million in here. Or this, you were taking like five bucks out every paycheck. It's like, yeah. And then it compounded. And now, now you're here, mm-hmm. you know, same thing. Like people will, people will arrive on the day of judgment and like, they'll see all these good deeds and they're like, what, what is, what is all this? And they're like, oh, you remember when you had that like 40 minute commute to your job and you just spend it making thicker and you mm-hmm. like mindlessly just be there. Like, you know, like sending like, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad, Muhammad, Allahumma salli Muhammad, Muhammad, right. And you're just, you're just doing that. Right. It, it added up. And now it's here and like, and it's letting you into Jannah because of it. Right. right. So I think to contextualize that, that our value judgments are not Allah's value judgment. Right. It's like, yeah, when we see someone give a million dollars at the masjid, we think that's great. But if they give a million dollars once and then they never give charity ever again in their life, that's not the best thing. Right. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, um, I'm a broke student, but you know, I can, uh, you know, I, I make it a point to at least put $1 on the box every, every Juma, right. Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever it is. Right. I make a point to do that. It's small. And everyone's like, Oh, it's just a dollar. I mean, what, what is this? What is this going to buy? I don't know. That's $4 a month and like $55 in a, in, in a year, yeah. you know, and it adds up, you know, and then, and then who knows, maybe the measurable invested in that 55 becomes a million dollars. And then all that reward comes back to you and you show up and you're like, what? I didn't, I didn't buy a multi-purpose room at the measure. Yeah. What are you telling him? It's like, it's like, yeah, yeah, but the dollar you put in was invested and it came here so that you get all the edge yeah. for it. And right? if someone else bet, like just started doing the same thing, it's like, oh, you're doing it. I can do 50 cents or a dollar. Right. You get the good deeds also of them now being able to do that because you inspired them to do it. Right. Definitely. So everything is a bleed off purpose. And that's something that I think that was a big purpose, like reason to pull away because something I've like, I'm actually really happy to see among high school and college students at least the ones who I know, and at least the ones um, in a Western societies, right. is one thing that Western society does really well, in my opinion, is um, emphasize like impact and change and all this kind of stuff. Or maybe this is just a new millennial, like you know, maybe. Young mind thing. <laughs> I mean, like me and you, you as well. Like, like um, it's we're we're more like actually conscious, right. right? And like that's why I'm like Islam is should be ringing true now more than ever is because Islam is very Islam as a religion is a very conscious and um, intentional religion, yeah, it's a very definitely. mindful religion, and all these things are coming to light now, and it's more, better than ever to actually accept it like as a framework for yourself, right? Um, because it would only enhance your experience in a Western society that is going in that direction, but people just don't realize it, right? Like right. I'm like I'm like you're picking up on things that were written years and years and years ago, right? So, um. Yeah. So like on that topic, I think like, um, yeah, I think gratefulness, it's not going to happen overnight either. Like everything that we talked about, like there's the three aspects, the three main aspects we talked about. It doesn't just happen like, oh, all of a sudden I'm right. a grateful person. Right. Game over. Your turn. But like, I don't think that's gonna how it's going to happen. But 
again, implementing first, like the gratefulness of mind, giving yourself time, being more conscious about, it's like, so pausing, you know, like take mm-hmm. a step, pause, take a step back, something that I'm going to implement as well. Um, and just being aware and present. And then the second thing is actually being intentional with your tongue and um, gratefulness of tongue and actually like starting to branch those tendrils out. And then the very last thing is gratefulness of um, ac- uh, the limbs, right, of actions. Mm-hmm. And so then starting to implement those things on a physical thing. And it's like a step-by-step thing. You start with the first and you get to the third and then you implement the new thing when you feel like the last thing has become a habit. Right. Right. So not burning yourself out. It's come back to the whole like Ramadan thing. Like what you do in Ramadan is you don't just stay away from sin during Ramadan. It's meant to help you craft it until the next Ramadan, right. if you're blessed enough to get to that point. Um, so it's not just like one month, put it on pause. It's that one month, work on it, get to a point, and then stay consistent year-round. Right, right. Work on it, get to a point, get consistent year-round. I mean, these are the stock reference. We talk about like, if you're looking at your, what your portfolio looks like, like the numbers will go up and down, but they're like, overall, you want to keep going up and down like this. Yeah. Right? So like, yeah, maybe after Ramadan, like, your iman's going to go down a little bit because, you know, the whole community is not there. You're not feeling like the, the yeah. Ramadan spirit anymore, but you don't want it to go down lower than it was before Ramadan. Yeah. Right. So it's like you keep eventually going up. Yeah. And that's why you hang out with good people as well, because like if you're on the right people as well, then that whole Ramadan spirit stays the entire year. Exactly. Right. So that's something I've been like, I realized like really like recently as well, like in college, I was like, whoa, the people around, hanging out around, they matter. Mm-hmm. And you know, the people who I want to be with in the future also like matter because like I was thinking about it the other day I'm like well, what kind of people do I want to be with after I graduate college what happens when you know everyone here in this college I leave right, right. not everyone's going to stick by me right but who is the next set of people going to come in well I had a good idea because there's some friends I like to base it off of so just like using that as an incentive as well as like you get what you're like right definitely so if you don't like where you're at right now or if you're not feeling it's not just about like your own gratefulness towards others but if you don't like what you're receiving then you might want to relook and look at yourself right. and then work on yourself and put yourself in a better position with better people. So make that change that you want to see, make that change you want to see in the world. Right. Yeah. All right. Cool. 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 Um, yeah. So with that, I think we're going to wrap this episode up. Um, yeah. I mean, I hope that was a good conversation that you guys can benefit from. Inshallah. And um, honestly, like, the whole concept of gratefulness is very complex. And like this was a very broad overview. And um, I'm really glad we got to pull away the like three aspects of gratefulness. Cause I feel like people compound it too easily mm-hmm. and they're just like, yeah, just become a more grateful person in your life. But what become, does that mean? Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. Like no one actually knows what it means. So I think just taking, if you, if, if anything, pull those three main points away, gratefulness of the mind, gratefulness of the uh, tongue and gratefulness of the limb, which I really appreciate you bringing that up. Cause that was not in my notes. Mm-hmm. So, um, Take those three things, write them on a sheet of paper and just kind of like write about what you think you can improve on, what you think you already have. And then um, just start honing in on those different aspects of each one and compartmentalize them. Like it's not going to happen overnight either. So any last words on your end? No, Zach thanks for having us out. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming out. Um, I know it's a bit of a drive. No, so, it's all good. Yeah, I appreciate you coming out. I hope you guys can benefit. And um, again, if you have any recommendations, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you think about this episode. What do you think about having more guests on the show? and um well not show podcast and um yeah anytime you guys need anything just feel free to reach out we're here for you guys and we hope inshallah we can do more in the future so that everyone can benefit even more so